الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وكونوا مع الصادقين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تصاحب الا مؤمنا ولا ياكل طعامك الا تقي او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters we all the time keep hearing about the effect of the environment upon ourselves how this brings about changes within us in terms of our thinking in terms of our behavior in terms of our conduct the thing is that as we have discussed this hadith on many occasions that the heart is king hadith sharif nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam gives this message that in the body is an organ if that organ is in order then the whole body will function correctly and if that gets corrupted then the entire body will suffer from that corruption and will act in a corrupted manner as well ala wahiya al qalb that is the heart so this is the heart of the issue that the heart must be right and the pathways to the heart are what we see what we hear what we speak and what we think <clears throat> these are the direct pathways to the heart if a person keeps thinking about jannat for example pondering over the nemats of jannat the bounties of jannat and that allah taala has prepared this jannat for the believers for those who are his sincere and obedient servants we obviously cannot imagine what is jannat all about the reality we will never be able to get even the slightest iota of it but what has been described to us in the quran sharif the flowing rivers of jannat the palaces of jannat one brick of gold and one brick of silver and the cement that joins these bricks is musk and that too is our understanding of gold and silver what do we realize what the reality of the bricks of jannat are and the fruit of jannat every fruit that the person is given to eat and when another one will be brought then he will say well this is looking very similar to the previous one but when he bites out of it its taste will be far superior to the previous one and then every other one the next one that he will eat will be far better than the one before also and this will just go on increasing the bounties of jannat the happiness unlimited so a person who ponders over jannat what allah taala has described to us in the quran sharif 
what Rasulullah wasallam has mentioned to us in the ahadith, then this will create the thirst to get to Jannat, the urge to do that which will take us to Jannat. Person who sometimes ponders over the torments of Jahannam, the severe punishments in Jahannam, the shrieks and screams of those who engaged in various ill deeds, zina and other haram, how they will be shrieking in the pits of Jahannam and all the various other descriptions of azab that have been mentioned in the ahadith, in the Quran Sharif it's well, the issues of the day of Qiyamah, how some people will be under the shade of the Arsh of Allah Ta'ala, how happy they will be when they are getting their books of deeds in their right hands, how overjoyed they will be when they are being told that your scales of good deeds have been heavier and you are now have received the certificate and the ticket to Jannat, they will see Rasulullah who will give them the water of kawsar with his Mubarak hands. Can we imagine? Can we, we can't even bring the reality of it in our mind obviously. But that scene of jubilation, of extreme happiness and joy, we cannot imagine it. But now a person thinks about this, imagines that scene. I want to be among those who gain this great gift of the shafaat and the intercession of Rasulullah sallallahu on that day. Subhanallah. What can be said thereafter of that person? A person who thinks about this, thinks about Jannah, thinks about the success of the day of, jan- of judgment, those who will succeed, how they will succeed, what jubil- happiness, what joy, what ecstasy they will experience. Now when a person will ponder over this and at the same time to moderate the issue that we also ponder over the a little bit of the punishments of Jahannam, of those who will be caught out on the day of judgment. These ayat of the Quran Sharif which depict what will become the situation of a person who has failed on the day of Qiyamah? He will be caught, he will be shackled in long chains, 70 handspans. He will be chained up and then thrown into the fire of Jahannam. Allah Ta'ala save us and Allah Ta'ala protect us. Now these descriptions are there for us to ponder over it. The Quran Sharif has preserved, Allah Ta'ala has revealed this in the Quran Sharif so that we get an, some understanding. But now when a person will ponder over these things, ponder over Jannat and the greatness of Jannat, the vastness of Jannat, the happiness of Jannat. Now a person will be come uh, encouraged, a person will be inspired to work for Jannat, to do that which will enable him to gain the bounties of Jannat. And by pondering over the punishments of Jahannam, a person will become inspired to refrain from those things that take a person towards Jahannam. Now what is this point that we are making? The point we are making is that the thinking, when a person is pondering, his thinking, this thinking affects the heart. And it will affect the heart depending on what he is thinking. He is thinking about Jannat, he is thinking about Jahannam, 
then it will affect the heart to do that which will take him to Jannat and stay away from that which will drag him towards Jahannam. So in any case, we were talking about that the things that are the roadways, the super highways to the heart, the eyes, what a person sees, gets attracted to that. That gets photographed on the heart. The heart starts desiring it. person hears about something. Then that settles into the heart. The heart starts desiring it. Then the person speaks continuously about something. The person is only speaking about the car and speaking about this kind of house and that kind of luxuries. And so now that constantly speaking about it also affects the heart. Maybe the person wasn't really desiring it, but he's speaking so much about it that settles in his heart. Now he starts desiring it. And the person thinks about things. Whether the thought was something he himself brought in, or that thought was generated by something external. That thought will again be generated by what a person sees, hears, looks at, reads. All this will generate thoughts in the mind, in the heart. And now the heart will grab onto this. And accordingly now the heart will start desiring. Now that is the first step of the rest of the body now getting into action. When the heart starts desiring something, then the body will get into action to do what can be done in order to acquire it. A person has been thinking about Jannat, pondering over it, making muraqaba over the ni'mats of Jannat, the bounties of Jannat. Now the body will get into action to start, the tongue will get into action. Let me say one subhanallah. Subhanallah plants a tree in Jannat for a person. And the tree which cannot be, no tree of this world can compare to it. So one subhanallah will plant a tree for the person in Jannat. Let us say the subhanallah, at least now that we heard it, we have heard it before also, but let us make amal on it immediately, at least three times let us say subhanallah. In our hearts, in our softly, we are saying it, but let us say the subhanallah and plant some trees for ourselves in Jannat. So in any case, the subhanallah is planting a tree, now the person has been, pondering over Jannat, this created this desire of Jannat in the heart, now the tongue will come into action. Let me recite one tasbih, let me recite Subhanallah, let me recite Alhamdulillah, let me recite Allahu Akbar. Now after the Fajr Salah, after the Asr Salah, it is Masnoon uh, to recite tasbih. So now the person, the tasbih Fatimi, a person won't feel lazy to recite it at that time, because his desire is of Jannat. So carefully, properly, the person recites Subhanallah, 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 Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, completing the Tasbih Fatimi. Because now this desire is in the heart, the tongue is in action. This desire is in the heart for Jannat. So now the hands will also come into action to take the Quran Sharif and recite the Quran Sharif. Because reciting the Quran Sharif will earn the love of Allah Ta'ala. And when the love of Allah Ta'ala comes in the heart, now a person is in action. The Qur'an Sharif, every ayat that a person recites, is gaining him the, the greatest stages of Jannat. The Hafiz of the Qur'an Sharif, on the day of Qiyamah, he'll be told, Iqra, Wartaqi, Warattil kama kunta turattilu fid dunya. You go on reciting, one one ayat at a time, in the beautiful manner, that slow manner that you recited in the dunya. And for each ayat you decide, keep ascending the stages of Jannat. Parta ja or charta ja. In Urdu so wonderfully and beautifully it is expressed. Parta ja or charta ja. 
you keep reciting and keep climbing and keep getting higher in the stages of Jannah, your abode will be by the last ayat that you recite. The whole Quran Sharif, you go on reciting and you go on ascending the stages of Jannah. Now we'll say, well, well, fine. But when a person is traveling economy class and then he sees what the business class passengers got and then he sees what the first class passengers got, he desires how I wish I also had the first class. He sees them going through the first class lounge and the first class everything treatment. Then he desires that also. So let us now acquire that. But the desire comes in the heart. Now it will get the person into action to recite the Quran Sharif. To recite Tasbih. To be of help to somebody. To say some good words to somebody. To advise somebody correctly. To guide somebody in the correct manner. On the correct path. Because all this will take a person towards Jannat. So the issue is the heart. The heart has become fearful of Jahannam by means of pondering over Jahannam, the azab of Jahannam, the shrieking and screaming of people in Jahannam, the fire, blazing fire of Jahannam, to sit and ponder over it a little bit. Now that the heart has become fearful of this, so now I don't want to do anything that will take me in that direction. So now the tongue won't make ghibat, because ghibat will drag a person towards Jahannam. Inna lillah, how can I lose my amal and lose my sawab? and drag myself towards Jahannam. Now, the eyes won't look at haram, because this will take a person towards Jahannam. The hands won't touch haram, and the mind won't deliberately think of haram. And if some thought that came in involuntarily, that is no sin, but immediately the person will divert the mind towards that thought of Jahannam. I don't want to get there. As a result, by diverting the mind towards the thought of Jahannam, automatically this thought will go away. So the issue is to protect the heart. Now, the heart, as we said, is affected by these highways. What we see, what we hear, what we think, what we speak. And the most, or the greatest, among the greatest impacts on the heart is by the company that we keep. The company, the friends, we're going to hear what they are saying. We're going to see what they are doing. We are going to be speaking to them, we'll generally end up speaking what they want to speak. And when we leave their company, when we are alone, our minds are going to be thinking about what we saw them doing, what we saw them wearing for that matter, or what we heard them saying, or what we spoke to them, this is what we are going to think. So that is also again going to be further impacting on our heart after we have departed from their company too. So this is shaping our minds and hearts. On this note about shaping, we'll come to this just now. But company is not restricted to human company. We've mentioned this and discussed this previously as well. It is even things that are not human, but become company. For example, novels. Novels, people read novels for company. Pastime, they call it. Entertainment, or whatever. But that novel has become the person's company. Now for one hour, two hours, three hours, ten hours, a person is reading a novel. Now what is happening with that? What is this company doing? Generally, 
if some great sheikh, some allama, some hazrat has come from overseas or some local senior alim might be the greatest mufti of the land if he says something we still we take it with a pinch of salt little bit as they say with a pinch of salt but if it comes from scientists so and so then suddenly it has a different effect for us yes we sometimes quote the scientists also but not because what they are saying is the proof for us rather this is something like how we say, hear it from the horse's mouth. Not that the horse's mouth is what we needed to hear it from. But fine, if you don't want to believe what I am saying, hear it from the horse's mouth, as they say. So the scientists are not the basis for what we say things. But if somebody will really only understand it after the scientist's research is presented, so for that purpose, that is also presented. Otherwise, that in reality is not our basis. Our basis is the Quran and the Sunnah. And as explained and lived by the Sahaba Ikram and explained by them, and then that understanding that came down to the awliya of the Ummat and the ulama of the Ummat, so they have understood it in the light of the Quran Sharif, in the Hadith Sharif, and they explain it to us. That is our basis. So, in any case, but we're talking about, just for the sake of, as we say from the horse's mouth, that we always discuss this, we hear about it from the ulama, from the mashayikh, that these novels, other literature, this has an impact on a person. So this is something even the scientists are saying also. That some research that the scientists have made, they are saying, one person by the name of some Gregory Burns, so this is his words I'm quoting now, he's saying that stories shape our lives. Stories shape our lives and in some cases help define a person. How they came to this conclusion? Obviously, they did some research. They had a number of people. They made them read some novels and they even used some scanning, MRI scans, to see how is the brain responding to that novel before, after, during and uh, the various people, how they conducted themselves after having read a certain novel and whatever other research they did, so they documented this in detail. And then they came to this conclusion that stories shape our lives. And as far as this MRI scans are con concerned, they came to the conclusion that when they looked at these scans and the results of the scans, then they found that there are certain effects it has on the brain. And what they explained is, after researching all this, that when a person thinks of something, for example, a person just thinks about running. So now the person is thinking about running, there are certain neurons in the body, certain things in the body, chemical reactions and so on. So when a person wants to do a certain action, these neurons come into action. That is that thing that then makes a person move ahead in that direction. It gives the person that stimulus to do what the action is. So when a person merely thinks about running, then it activates the neurons in the brain, which are associated with the physical act of running. The brain gives the message to the body. 
So the neurons in the brain that are linked to running, that already come into action. Now the person is still sitting, he hasn't started running, but then that is working in his mind. Either he will now accept it or not, but it's working in his mind. Now this is the result of that what he has read. Now when they found that when a person reads a novel, these neurons are activated, depending what he's reading, accordingly the neurons are activated. And it gets activated to such a level that later on a person starts acting out what he has read without even realizing that where it has come from. A person starts getting directed in that direction. Now when a person is reading novel after novel, now the person is thinking I'm passing time, but it's activating these neurons in the mind. Now, Allah forbid, Allah forbid, what amount of filth is there in these novels? How many novels are filth, filled with all kinds of filth, sin, illicit relationships, full of materialism? And this is all fiction, but that fiction, there's a story in it. That story is now making a person think in that direction. And the modern day novel, the present day novel, Besides the novels on the shelves, the novels in paper and these kind of things, the other novel of this time is the blogs. And a lot of it is, in fact, it's all fiction. Illama Shallah. It's fiction. Now people are writing all kinds of fiction things there, but it's now to make it juicy. To make it Something that will keep people gripped. So now they're going to put all kinds of stupid things, even some kind of illicit plot must get into it. And people do this, this primarily for two, one of two things. Primarily for one of two things. And sometimes, most of the time, rather, it's both. Sometimes more of one than the other, and sometimes it's both. For two things. One is money. And the other is fame. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Salaam described these two things as two hungry wolves. That two hungry wolves can't do so much of damage to a flock of sheep like the damage that the crave and the desire for wealth and fame will do to a person's deen. If two hungry wolves are let loose on a pack of sheep, it will still take them some time by the time they clear out the whole pack of sheep. Maybe after a couple of sheep they might get full, they'll have to still wait and digest that. And then they'll carry on with the rest. So it will take them a couple of, maybe days before they finish the whole lot off. But when the desire for fame and the desire for wealth comes in the heart, when this crave comes, then it destroys a person's deen faster than that two hungry wolves can devour that whole pack of sheep. Now for that money, because that blog will have some space for some advert, so for that money, they'll destroy your heart. Doesn't matter what's happening to your heart and mind. Now that person is reading that novel and it's activating those neurons that are linked to certain activities and if those things are haram, what is a person reading, has got a haram plot in it, illicit things in it. So the mind now is affected by this, the neurons are activated. One novel the person read, two, three, five, seven, ten. And then the person starts, now this is in the mind, this is affecting the heart. The heart starts 
Now, then the person starts chatting. Where did this come from? It came from what? Now the person was listening to people talking, or the friends, because this friend, this is a human need, that we have a need for companionship. But we don't choose our friends correctly. We try to link up where it seems to be cool. I must be linked up somewhere where it seems I'm you know, in a cool group. But that cool group could make it very hot for us on the day of Qiyamat. And the day of Qiyamat is a certain issue. If he didn't make Tawbah and didn't get the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala, that it will become very hot on that day Allah Ta'ala save us. But even in dunya it already becomes very hot for a person. And the azab and calamity start in this dunya. But now we thought that that group is cool. They are all chatting. They all have somebody that they are linked up to. They are all into the technology of the time with all the haram things also. They are reading novels. They know the latest music. They know the film stars and whatever else. And uh, they got the latest designer way. So now this is a cool group. But that cool group could get us burnt. In this dunya, let alone the akhirat. So, the issue is that this company, this novel company, now this is affecting us. Now people, as we said, for the sake of money, they will write things, they will write blogs, make all kinds of stories, so that they can get your, somebody's money. They're making money out of it. Doesn't matter whose life they're destroying in the process. Or otherwise fame. I will become famous. People will say, wow, what a thing you wrote. But who's saying that, wow, People who are already down and out, got no understanding of values, no understanding of what's right and wrong. Anyway, with this filth, there's a whole lot of flies also on it. The person says, look, how many flies I attracted? A million flies came. So is that something to be proud, out? Pro- proud about? million flies came. Because flies get attracted to any filth. So, we must not get caught up in this. So this fiction has a tremendous impact. Though it's fiction has an impact and now the big question comes but now how does a person avoid these things one of the biggest azabs of getting caught in novels in other fiction in all those blogs and whatever else one of the biggest azabs of that in this very world is that a person becomes deprived very greatly of the Quran Sharif these two things don't go hand in hand. That a person keeps reading all these filthy novels and fiction and everything and will also have the taste and the thirst and the enjoyment and the pleasure of Quran Sharif. These two things can't go hand in hand. Darkness and light can't exist simultaneously. It is one of the two. And to the extent the person will make the Qur'an Sharif a part of one's heart and life. To that extent, one will get that enjoyment of the Qur'an Sharif and to the extent that we dispel this darkness, we'll appreciate the light. Unfortunately, what happens is, we become very impatient, very hasty. person starts making some zikr, some tasbihat, some tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, some person now made an intention, no, I must recite the Qur'an Sharif daily. So now, initially, for a few days, maybe for a few weeks, if the matter is very serious, maybe for a few months also, you might not notice immediately the positive 
effects that the recitation of Quran Sharif is bringing or the tasbihat is bringing you won't immediately notice it why? because the first part now when a person starts reciting Quran Sharif the person gave up the haram and is reciting Quran Sharif is making the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala reciting tasbihat the person gave up the wrong friends and now is trying to fit in the right company so initially, this will still start scraping the cancer. See, a person is now ill. A person has got cancer. So first, that medication, that whatever therapy the person is undergoing, whatever medication the person is taking, herbal medication, natural therapies, whatever. So first, it will scrape out the damage that has been done or scrape out the illness now the person is saying one day has gone two days have gone ten days have gone one month is gone now but I am still not well I am still not feeling that strength that I can now run I can do a lot of things so he will be told just be patient a little bit it is still scraping that cancer out now after some time four weeks five weeks have gone that the root of the problem has now been eradicated. Now the medication, the treatment is still continuing. Now it starts strengthening the body. First it was merely eradicating the illness. But now that the illness has been eradicated, so now initially the Quran Sharif a person started reciting, started making tasbihat, gave up the guna obviously. The poison that a person was taking, he stops eating that. So now this initial stage would be that the recitation of the Qur'an Sharif, the Tasbihat will be dispelling that Zulmat. It will be scraping out that filth from the heart. But initially the person won't notice immediately any effect or any uh, positive change because it's not going to happen overnight. But the person remains steadfast, does not become hasty, does not become impatient and accepts that this is going to happen in time. But indeed, I got to put more attention, bring more consciousness in my tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, bring more attention in my tasbihat, more zikr, uh, more consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, more attention and more concentration. Then this will have a quicker effect. But in time now, we'll start seeing the change. That good company we joined, initially the heart is rebelling, feeling uneasy because a person when he's just dragged out of darkness into light he can't even open his eyes that light is too bright for him he's closing his eyes he's saying no this is I don't I'm not feeling comfortable he's feeling pain in his eyes so he shuts his eyes closes it tight but then slowly he gets used to the light and then he opens his eyes slowly and then he opens it wider and then he opens it fully and now he can see subhanallah he can see so many things around him he can see the beautiful colors he can see the beautiful flowers he can see so many things that are now pleasing his heart and mind. The scenery. He was standing at the, maybe the shore of the ocean. He's seeing this vast ocean, this Qudrat of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. He's seeing this twinkling stars, the brightness of the moon. He's seeing the Qudrat of Allah Ta'ala in every direction, the trees, whatever. So now he's appreciating everything. But initially he shut his eyes though he was in the light. He closed it very tight because of sudden bright sun was too bright for him 
he was in a dark room and they just brought him out. So initially we might feel a little bit uncomfortable in the correct company. And besides, shaitan is going to try to drag in the wrong direction. But what he requires is that little mujahada. Initially, that little mujahada. And to make the mind up that I am going to feel this little mujahada, but I am going to take it. I am not such a weakling. I am not just somebody that can just be swept away. So, when the mind is made up for that, and then we persevere, we stay steadfast. That novel, I have thrown it away. And now I am going to stick to the Quran Sharif. So that little mujahada will be required. But when the person makes that mujahada, as a person with regularity, that is the other crucial part, daily. That medication, a person takes one day, three days doesn't take, then the fourth day takes something, another five days doesn't take. The doctor, whoever the treat, treatment is being administered by, they say you are wasting your time. That you are not going to get relief from the problem. When a person decides Quran Sharif one day and decides after five days, he's not wasting his time in that sense. That Quran Sharif, every letter he decides is going to get rewarded. That Tasbih he made today, he made after ten days, that too is going to get rewarded. But in terms of the effect that we want to clean our hearts out of all the evil and to make us firm and steadfast on deen, that effect will come when there is regularity. That effect will come when we are steadfast. And daily without fail a person is doing what is necessary. Then this will become the means of gaining that benefit. Otherwise, after a few days, person did it, then stopped. Then we'll find that that laziness will creep in again. That enjoyment won't come. That pleasure won't come. This is not the object obviously, enjoyment and pleasure. The object is the amal itself. But when a person is constant, regular, Allah Ta'ala will give that, that pleasure of ibadat. So, these are the things that we have to understand that we want to move in the direction of Allah wa ta'ala. We want our entire body to move in that direction. The main thing is the heart. We have to make sure the right things are in the heart. The heart is inspired in the correct direction. And the heart is affected by these avenues. What we see, what we hear, what we speak, what we think. And the greatest impact on all these is going to be our company. Whether it is human company, now this will require some mujahada that we number one select the right company and then we stick to that company and we feel a little uneasy initially we just persevere on that and we'll find the change coming very shortly. We persevere on that little sabr that mujahada is to be made in making sure we are reciting the Quran Sharif daily without fail and completing what our ma'mool is. What is the fixed amount that we, at least that minimum amount that we go to be reciting that tasbihat, all these things we are doing with regularity, then in time, shortly, we will see how this is making that impact on our hearts. And then how the dunya is now not attracting us in the way it was. Otherwise, everything we see, we just go headlong for it. That company that we're going to be in, if that company is behaving in a certain way, we are going to, because it's going to affect our heart. And we are going to start doing the same things. They are wearing something, it's going to affect us. We're going to be wanting to wear the same thing. Those brand labels. Many times we get asked this question that you keep talking about all these brands and uh, bidunisms and whatever else. So is this all haram? So what we are referring to is the show off. One is somebody bought it for the quality. There's no label anywhere to be seen. Maybe the label is hidden somewhere, tucked away. 
then that in itself is fine. There's no problem with that, provided that garment itself is also serving the purpose. But if it's tight-footing, it's exposing the shape of the body, then that's defeating the whole purpose. But if it is just that it's a good quality garment, it's fulfilling the object of the garment, and there's no show-off about it, that label is not being plastered around, that that scarf is now uh, worn in such a manner, that before you see the person's face, you see bef- alongside the face Sharqiyah. Or the person's name you don't know, but you know that the person is wearing bidonism because it's embold, the, in bold, the whole thing is emblazoned on that. So that is the problem, that is what we are talking about. Otherwise, the garment itself is fine, no problem. Person is buying it, person is selling it, whatever the case is, but it is not defeating the object of Haya, the object of the cloak itself is not against the dictates of Haya, that particular style of garment, and it is not becoming a means of showing off in terms of that label. That label is in big bold writing all over the place. That is the problem. So, now where will this come happen? This will happen in company. Depending what we see. Now, forget we talking about the company, if the company is wearing some brand label, the behayai, the tight garment somebody is wearing, the jeans and other things. So now the person in that company is going to get affected. Because that's what we're going to see. And the heart is going to take that. And in time the neurons are going to be working in that direction. I go to dress in this manner also. In all these kind of immoral clothing. So the issue is protecting the heart. And the heart to be protected when we protect our eyes, protect our ears, protect our tongues and protect our minds. And this will get protected in the right company. Not in the company of novels. Not in the company of blogs that are just putting all kinds of filth in our hearts and minds. Just because somebody wants to make money or somebody wants to become famous, infamous. So for their uh, ego or for they crave for wealth because if a person understands that what is reality what is dunya we won't try to earn money in a way that is harming somebody else we'll earn money in a correct manner but now a person is writing a blog all kinds of fiction in there why? because it will give some ad space so that I can make some money out of it so now we are saying doesn't matter if I feed you poison as long as I make some money out of that poison you are eating it and you are going to be harmed by it you're going to be destroyed with it. That's your business. My business, I did already. I got the money. So my business was making money and your business was you can do what you want. You get harmed, you get destroyed. That's your business. So we should be very wary about this. We shouldn't get caught up in all these things. And, as we said, there will be any number of people that might be getting caught up in it. Wherever this filth, this flies also, we should make sure we are not part of the flies. We must become those whose hearts are lightened up with the noor of the Qur'an Sharif, with the noor of zikr, of tasbihat, of true ilm, of akhlaq, with the light of all these good things. And inshallah we will then be the first people to benefit from this light. Our lives will become lightened. Our hearts will become lightened. And we will feel that happiness. 
we'll feel that serenity and peace. This very dunya Allah Ta'ala will grant it to us. Though the dunya is filled with challenges, but in the middle of all those challenges also we'll experience that peace and we cannot even imagine what is the akhirat all about. What Allah Ta'ala will grant in there. So one of the aspects that we need to remember is that we have to engage our hearts as well. What we started off discussing, that we should be pondering about Jannat. Sometimes we're lying down or we're just sitting around and we want to think about something. Think about Jannat. There are some good kitabs which deal with all the ahadith about Jannat. Try and acquire one of these. Or ask somebody to uh, write down a few of the ahadith that give the descriptions of Jannah. Sit down and think about this. And then make dua, Ya Allah, I want to be there also. You give me the tawfiq of doing those actions that will take me to Jannah. Ya Allah, you save me from Jahannam. So when this will be our regular thing, that we will be pondering about the ni'mas of Jannat, it will drive us towards doing that which will take us to Jannat. And the biggest thing is that to adopt the right company, the right books, the authentic Islamic literature, not just anything we find anywhere, and definitely not all these novels and blogs and all these things, these all will bog us down. These blogs will bog us down in dunya also and on the day of qiyamah as well. May Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq of becoming His true servants and obedient servants. May Allah ta'ala save us from all the things that will harm us in akhirat and dunya as well. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi sana'an alayk. Anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu. ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه معين والحمد لله رب العالمين